And we are live. You are listening to Who's Got Next, the weekly Arrowhead Live podcast on Arrowhead Live Network. And we are back. Christian, how are you doing today? Doing good. Could be doing better, uh, especially considering that she's lost again on Sunday. But how are you taking the loss, man? I'm, I've been throwing myself into my work, just getting homework done as much as I can. What about you? Calm. Honestly, calm. I think the manner in which they lost the games, you know, they didn't really get dominated in either particular game, both very close competitive games against really good teams. I mean, the Browns made the playoffs last year. They obviously won that game. Then you're going to Baltimore and against a really good Lamar Jackson, who's hungry and knows that he hasn't beat the Chiefs in his first three appearances against a guy who he's compared to a lot in Patrick Mahomes. He did everything he needed to do to win the game and got it done in pretty crazy fashion, obviously with Clyde fumbling and then take this last week. It's the Chargers, man. Mike Williams put on a show and the Chiefs turned the ball over too much. So just a lot of big little mistakes that I think can be corrected, basically. Oh, yeah, absolutely. One of the one of the main things I took away from this loss and the Ravens loss, there are a lot of self-inflicted injuries here. I mean, you talk about the the interceptions from Mahomes where Kemp just misses the catch. Um, another big play that was taken or that wasn't completed was one against Pringle where he uh, he missed just missed the catch. I mean, like that, that's just a mental thing. And the Chiefs are really good about getting those fixed. Um, lots of miss, mixed tackles, fumbles. I mean, you know that if you turn the ball over four times, you're going to lose the game. I think I saw a stat where it was like a point five like win percentage for teams who turn the ball over four or more times, which is absolutely abysmal unacceptable but I don't think it'll happen again yeah and you know you look at that Chargers game and you saw three of those turnovers coming in the first three possessions of the game you saw the Patrick Mahomes no look pass that hit Marcus Kemp bounced up and got picked by Sante Samuel Jr. they're driving again the next drive Tyreek Hill fumbles the ball I believe on their side of the field they're driving again Clyde does the same thing when they're driving and in a good rhythm in the offense. And you really just saw the offense shoot itself in the foot pretty much the entirety of the first half, certainly through the first quarter. And even still, you look at that, there's two minutes left in the game. Patrick Mahomes has the ball and then makes the terrible error there as well. And when he overthrew Travis Kelsey, I think those are going to be corrected. I mean, you don't, you don't see a team this talented and, one thing that also I think is impressive with the Chiefs is how good the offense has been with a completely new offensive line. And I thought the run game looked pretty good last game if we're going to talk about something positive. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, And we talked about this before we got on camera. Willie Gay coming back is going to make this run defense even better. And we saw Austin Eckler, who is a very, very good running back in the NFL, get basically stopped at what was it 64 yards I mean like basically nothing so yeah the run defense is going to improve um our run game actually even improved this past game as well like both sides of the ball as far as running the ball goes improved dramatically and like like we talked about I don't think Clyde's gonna fumble again he's not a guy that usually does that um but if we're talking about things that we can take away from this game uh positively as well I think that Kelsey did a really good job being Kelsey. I think Hill, although he was injured, really helped to stretch the field. 
And the offensive line looked incredible. I mean, outside of Lucas Niang, who had a really tough assignment this week in covering Joey Bosa, like, and what do you expect from him? He's basically a rookie playing against an all pro, one of the best pass rushers in the league and a divisional rival. Like that's, he's just going to have those games. Everybody had this, those games. Mitchell Swartz had those games. Eric Fisher had plenty of those games. You know, I think that this offense and the defense are progressing in a, in a way that is good. Um, I don't think we're going to look this bad. If we, when we get about four or five games into the season here or, or past this point, I think we'll look back and say, all right, yeah, we, we were a little shaky coming out of the gate, but we really rallied about halfway through the season. I still think we're going to end up with about four or five losses on our record. So I, I think everything will be okay. I think we'll come out of this, you know, a little bit, a little bit happier, at least, uh, you know, right after a game on this Sunday. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you talk about a guy like Travis Kelsey, I have described him as the workhorse of this offense. I think he has done everything from being that consistent guy to throw the ball to and gain you solid yards every time he touches the ball. And he's been healthy over the course of this entirety over this time period. Look at the last four years. I mean, he's done historical things at tight end. And would you describe him as the workhorse of the offense? Oh yeah. He, he is the most important player on this offense outside of Patrick Mahomes. One thing that really scares me and we're going to talk about this a little later because I think the Chiefs really addressed this um, partially by adding Josh Gordon. But if, if Travis Kelsey goes down, I'm not sure what this offense has. Like it has Tyree Kill. We've seen in the past two games, he can get taken out. Like I, I don't think that he had very many yards against the Ravens or against the Chargers. So he's somebody that can be taken away. Travis Kelsey is not really somebody that you can game plan for and completely take out of the offense. But if he goes down, I don't, I don't see the Chiefs playing extremely well. Thankfully, that hasn't happened yet. So we, we shouldn't have to worry about it. We don't have any cause for concern um, as far as his durability goes. So, And you look at Tyree Kill's numbers in those games against Baltimore in week two. He had 14 yards on three catches. And then he had 56 against the Chargers with five catches. So you are correct in saying that Tyree Kill has been definitely smaller than what he was against uh, the Browns in week one when he had almost 200 yards. And one thing that has really surprised me this year when you talk about something with the Chiefs is just on the defensive side, where is Juan Thornhill at? Because the man, unless he's injured, has always been a consistent person in the secondary. And now you're pretty much only seeing Daniel Sorensen out there. What have you taken away from this, Christian, if you had any thought? I know we looked at the snap count earlier yeah so we'll just go through that really quick um just so we can kind of chart his progression as far as playing time goes he went from starting 95 percent of the snaps in week one and then going down to 14 percent and bouncing back up to 29 percent on this past game now me and you have talked about this a little bit off air as well uh, i think that there has he has to have done something he there he has to have made a mistake he, he had the words had to have been said um spags maybe even something off the field one thing about nfl coordinators they want to put their best guys out there spags is not deliberately sabotaging this defense for you know because he likes daniel Sorensen more than he wants to play Juan thornhill like that that's just not how coaches are 
They're going to put the guys who they feel are in the best position to win um, and whose conduct is not detrimental to their team. Like there's no reason why he wouldn't play Juan Thornhill if Juan Thornhill, um, you know, was in position to play. That, that just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think we need to go off on spags. People are saying he needs to be fired. You know, that's that's all nonsense for me. But what about you? What do you think about Juan Thornhill not getting any playing time, basically? I'm upset about it. And I'm upset at spags because of this, because you've seen what the defense has done. And it's been really, really bad. I picked this defense in fantasy. I wrote an article on arrowheadlive.com on why I picked this defense, because I thought it was going to include Juan Thornhill, who I think even though Daniel Sorensen is a slightly better tackler, I think he hits harder more so than anything. Juan's a much better athlete than Daniel Sorensen is. Juan Thornhill can cover guys better than Daniel Sorensen can. And that's been proven. Just watch the game. I mean, you see Daniel Sorensen there every time. <laughs> like he's, I just think he lacks so much in coverage. I I don't know what happened. I'm talking to you about this. I really don't know what happened. I, I don't know if something was said in the locker room, at a meeting, watching film, on the practice. Something happened to where this team felt like they needed to take away him in some way because just we haven't seen him have this low of snap ever, especially that 11 snap one. And I don't know the answer, but it's certainly something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just a theory here. Uh, this is just coming off the top of my head. Um, I think we played a lot more base, um, base defense in this, these past two games because of our inability to stop the run. I think that could possibly, you know, have, have factored in. But I still don't think he should be getting reps over Daniel Sorensen. I mean, they go from running three tight end sets. They play nickel as their base. So that means they'll have three safeties on the field. Um, I believe I said tight ends. Just say, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> anyway, they, they have three safeties on the field, um, because the offense is usually, you know, picking up the pace and, and they can, they're allowed to do that because most teams are going to throw against the chiefs. Now, since we saw the Ravens and the Browns run all over this team, uh, Spags, I believe has definitely changed his, his strategy coming in. We're definitely going to see more three linebacker sets like what we saw this past week. I mean, Juan Thornhill still got 29% of the snaps, but I mean, I have a, the stats right here. Let me see. Um, Daniel Sorensen played 91% of the snaps. That, that to me is unacceptable. And not only because Juan is such a great player, but because Daniel Sorensen is sometimes a detriment to this team when trying to tackle the defender. So, you know, take it as you will. Like, I, I just think scheme might have something to do with it. No, and I think that's a great point, um, you know, and you're able to look at schemes a lot more in depth than I am just because of your knowledge of the game. And, no, I think that could certainly be the reason. I mean, you looked at how bad the run defense was and how poorly they did perform. And just so Chiefs fans know, you're probably getting Willie Gay back either this week against the Philadelphia Eagles or you're getting him back the week after. So he will definitely help. I believe that's probably the best linebacker in the room, especially when it comes to run defense. Um, I, th I think that I think you'd probably agree with me on that. And 
it's just, it's something to watch. And, you know, you see guys when they do have problems within the Chiefs organization, obviously one, Thornhill didn't do what this guy did. But you look at what Marcus Peters has done, and he was an exceptional corner for the Chiefs. He was looking like he was going to be a historic player, and they got rid of him for not as much as he probably could have been valued at. And I think that shows to the culture that the Chiefs have tried to maintain as well. And yeah, I think it's, I think that could also play into this as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there are three things we'll just go back a little bit here. Um, there are three things that I put out on Twitter that the chiefs can't do if they want to keep winning football games. And, and the first one of those is making incredible amount of mental mistakes. We kind of covered that already. You know, these mental mistakes aren't going to, you know, keep reoccurring during the season. Not something I think we need to worry about a lot. The second is having no consistent weapons outside of Kelsey and Hill, which they've kind of addressed with Josh Gordon signing. Um, We'll see how much he actually plays. Um, And then number three, having below average defensive line play and getting no pressure. And, you know, I think the Chiefs have addressed two out of these three. And we'll talk a little about Josh Gordon right now. How much do you think he has left? Because I think that you know, he's 30 years old, right? He's coming in, been all around the league. Um, but he's, he hasn't played like every single season all the way through since he got into the league, right? He's been in and out. I think he's got a lot left in the tank, especially at 30. Like you see a lot of 30 year olds receivers and they just fall off the hill. You know, they, they got nothing left in the tank. And I think Josh Gordon could come in and, and provide more than we expect. Now, how much is that? We don't know. Is it half of Sammy Watkins? Is it all of Sammy Watkins? You know, we really have no way of telling, but I do think that he has some, some left in the tank and can really help the offense. Well, any NFL analyst that I've heard, you know, talking, one of those being Chris Carter, when he was on first things first, this man is a very talented receiver. He put him, I remember when he went to the Patriots in 2018 And I was like, wow, that's a really good signing. Josh Gordon's very talented. That's a good culture that he could maybe learn from and maybe take something away from and apply it to himself. Well, didn't end up happening that way, sadly for Josh, but, you know, he played phenomenally well and he's shown his talent time and time again. Why do you think everyone's always calling him when he is finally reinstated in the league? It's happened numerous times. The same result happens every time. And he's always able to get into a pretty solid situation. And there's a reason for that. And, you know, talking about the chief's weapons, you know, he could definitely add a huge spark. We're not totally sure where that, what that spark would be. It's been a little bit since he's been in the league, since he went to Seattle in 2019, but Miko Hardman also had a touchdown to talk about our man right there. You know, he, he got a touchdown and I think Demarcus Robinson has been a little quiet this season, but Tyree killed Travis Kelsey and Clyde. This team just keeps getting richer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you kind of spoke about the wide receiver core in general as well. I think this really kind of tells you how the Chiefs feel about Mikko Hardman at wide receiver, too. To me, there's not a lot of confidence there. I mean, the, the dude came in. He said he could run routes really well. I don't want to belabor the point. I, I feel like I hate on McCall Hardman a lot. But, you know, I, I really think that they believe that he's not going to be their answer there. He's a great slot guy. He can run a glance route like nobody's business. He's one of the best in the league at that, especially running those in around those. Uh, <clears throat> oh, I can't think the forward pass that that 
Andy Reid basically created. He, he's really good at running those. I just don't think he has the skills to win outside. And, and I think this proves that the Chiefs don't believe that either. And one of the other things being said about this Josh Gordon signing is that he came here because he believed there was an opportunity to be here for the long haul. And again, like you're, if McCole Hardman is your number two, no doubt, you don't sign. You don't say that. Andy Reid is not a guy that brings in guys by lying to them uh, as, I mean, as opposed to what Le'Veon Bell would have you believe. But no, I think that they, uh, I think that Andy Reid bringing him in, Brett Veach, great job at acquiring talent. This is a low, low risk, high reward situation for him. And I like the move. I, I think it's a good move. What about you? Low risk, high reward. That's what I truly think is the basis of this. I think if the, I think Josh Gordon needs the chiefs a, I don't even an astronomically high times more than the chiefs need Josh Gordon. The chiefs can go away from Josh Gordon and be perfectly fine. We've seen that time and time again. This is truly his last chance of making and turning his NFL dreams, whatever he ambitioned doing in the league, this is his time to do it. There's not a better quarterback for him to be suited up with. Might be better target options elsewhere, but not culturally and everything. When you put it all together, I think this Chiefs, I think this is a great move for both sides. Oh, 100%. And I'll kind of put you on the spot here. I, I talked about one of the other things the Chiefs need. Uh, they need to apply pressure on the defensive end. How do you think the Chiefs make any other roster moves? Or can you see them trading for like a Whitney Merciless or or a Josh Allen from the Jags? Like, is there anybody you'd like to see him trade for or or sign? Or I mean, honestly, no. I think a lot of these, and we will definitely see when Willie Gay comes back, uh, whenever that may be, certainly in the near future. Um, if this defense needs to make those moves, I truthfully think they probably need to put Chris Jones back at defensive tackle. You mentioned that before the show. And I agree. I think that he could definitely be, is that good bull rush. And then Frank Clark coming off then who has also been injured this season. I don't think people have talked about that enough And you know, that's a high salary guy who is not out there and, you know, who's considered high talent and, that's just one other piece that's just gone. So it's certainly something to look into and need to assess when uh, later on in the season, I'd say. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's interesting because there's been a lot of talk, especially on Chiefs Twitter about, oh, we, you know, we've got to trade for this guy. We got to trade for Josh. We got whatever it takes, you know, bring him in. And I, I think that's a really, I think that's a good take. I think, I think waiting, um, seeing what happens when Frank Clark gets back, Moving Chris Jones back to where he's, you know, his specialty is, which is defensive, you know, inside defensive line. I, I think that's, a, I think that's good. Yeah, absolutely. So you want to get into uh, Chiefs Eagles now? Any, any yes. matchups you want to see? But who's uh, got next? Who's got exactly. next? Exactly. It is the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, just played on Monday night, um, looked Pretty poor against the Dallas Cowboys, I would say. Definitely not up to uh, their standards. The Eagles saying that they took a deuce, their starting quarterback, Jalen Hurts, said after. <laughs> Did you see that quote? <laughs> no, I didn't. That's hilarious, though. Oh, my God. He said he was talking <laughs> about, he said, let me see if I can find it. But, oh, my gosh, it was so funny. Oh, my, <laughs> it was so funny. Let me see if I can find it. 
He said, you take a deuce, you don't sit there and look at it. You flush it and move on. We oh gonna flush God. it and move on. So <laughs> that's just such a, I don't know where he got that from. I had certainly never heard that. But despite that, I think this is a pretty solid rebound game for the Chiefs. You know, you're going into hostile environment. Philadelphia is not an easy place to win at all. And their defense, though, didn't play good in the second half. I thought looked pretty pretty good, at least the defensive line for them. I think they could uh, be a solid matchup for the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, I agree. And there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the Chiefs defensive line facing like some of the best talent in the league, which is absolutely true. I mean, Browns have one of the best offensive lines. So do the Ravens. I know, I know they had a few injuries, but, you know, sometimes that kind of factors into how well somebody plays, you know. I'm sure we could have done much better with Justin Herbert if we knew he was going to be starting this Sunday. We played him last year. So, you know, that just another situation that isn't great for our defensive line. And then again, against the chargers, they rate, they revamped their offensive line. Like Rashawn Slater at left tackle and Corey Lindsley are two really good pickups. So this is not like, it's not like they face the bottom of the barrel as far as talent goes. And I think the Eagles are going to be another setup where, they're playing an above average offensive line. And that's, you know, another test. We'll see how well they do. Um, one thing I think is going to be the key to this game is capitalizing on Jalen Hurts' um, turnover or turnover uh, potential. I think he had two interceptions. Here, let me check the stats. Uh, yeah, he had two interceptions this past game where – I mean, that's something that the Honey Badger and, you know, Mike, guys like Mike Hughes and, and Juan Thornhill, maybe even if he actually plays, can, can capitalize on. We have been in the minus as far as turnovers go this entire year. Like now is the time where we need to start, you know, creating more turnovers, uh, getting the ball back in the offense's hands and, and not putting us at a disadvantage. I think that's one thing that we can we can absolutely capitalize on against this Eagles team. Totally. And I think, you know, you looking at the defensive line like that, I think is important. Their offensive line is very banged up right now. They have three uh, starters hurt right now on the offensive line. So if there is a rebound game for the Chiefs, I'm not sure if Frank Clark's going to be able to go this week. But if he's able to go and you got Chris Jones there, you got Jaron Reed, they are going to have to do something in this game because if they don't do it against the Eagles, because the Cowboys were getting after Jalen, I think turned out to be a huge problem for them. If they can get after Jalen like the Cowboys did, and even better than that, because they might be more talented up front than the Cowboys are. The Chiefs definitely have a good rebound defensive game on hand. Oh, yeah. Um, something else we can look forward to is Willie Gay coming back on the field, right? And he's got kind of a tough matchup. He's going to be you know, kind of the coverage linebacker that we have. I know Nick Bolton's been playing that role. Um, but yeah, I think that he'll come in. He, he's got to play against Zach Hurts, one of the best tight ends in the league, and Dallas Goddard as well. So, I mean, this is going to be a tough matchup for him. Hopefully he'll get him, we'll get him in on some blitzes or something like that and, you know, boost his confidence. But we'll see. I mean, in all honesty, I don't really think we know what Willie Gay is yet. I mean, we've seen him in the preseason. He apparently had a really good camp. But Dan, I was told Daniel Sorensen had a really good camp and he's been playing like hot garbage. So, you know, who really knows how good of a camp he's had, but we'll see. We're, we will really tell what Willie Gay is after this game. 
yeah, I mean, certainly get a better taste of it because, you know, he went down last playoffs as well. And, you know, it was obvious he certainly didn't get much playing time early in his rookie rookie career, especially like we've seen with Nick Bolton. So it's going to certainly be interesting to see where both of those guys are at at the end of this year. And you know, this is an exciting game. I'm excited to see what Miles Sanders does or does not do against this Chiefs run defense. I have him in fantasy, too, so there's an extra incentive. However, <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely interested to see what he uh, what he brings to the table. Fun fact, Jalen Hurts does lead this team in rushing yards with 179. So if they can contain Jalen, I think that the Chiefs defense will be more than okay. Oh, and another assignment for Willie Gay there, right? He can play the spy. I mean, he's got good sideline to sideline speed. He, he'll really be appreciated in this game. Hopefully, uh, not that Nick Bolton has been playing awful, but, you know, he's been very, very up and down this season um, playing, I believe, out of position. I think he should be playing where Anthony Hitchens is right now. But, you know, due to dire circumstances, we have no depth at the position. So he's going to be, hopefully, Nick Bolton will take a step back. Willie will step in and, and we'll have a much better linebacker play overall and that just works better for his progression I mean you don't want him playing out of position like you said and you also don't necessarily want him to be thrown right into the fire against two straight playoff teams and then against a good Chargers team which if you looked at their record last year might not have thought but make no mistake about it this Chargers team is very talented and was on the up and up last year and the year before that so it's exciting to see, and I'm interested to see what happens this this uh, Sunday. Oh, yeah, and it, even if you look at just his matchups, he's he played against, what, David Njoku and Austin Hooper, real, two really good tight ends that he was, you know, expected to cover as his first game in the NFL and as not a coverage linebacker. Like, so he came in already at a disadvantage. And then once again, you know, going up against Mark Andrews, he was still there for the, for the Ravens. And then, you know, they, they've got – I don't, I don't think he had too hard of a time covering, covering their tight ends, at least the chargers, but you know, we'll see. He, he definitely will hopefully, you know, like I say, step back a little bit, let Willie come in and take the reins and then he can develop even better. Um, but yeah, dude, getting thrown into the fire. Talk about it. He's, it was, it's been a tough couple of games for him matchup wise. So. And I didn't think necessarily looked bad either. I mean, kept his own certainly. And that's really all you can ask of a rookie a lot of times. And, you know, he is a second round pick. He didn't even, he late second round pick. So the value they got for him and the, and his ability to develop, I think is going to be huge. And it'll probably just get even more increased with Willie Gay there. But Christian, do you have a final score prediction for this game? Putting you on the spot here. Uh, yes, I do. Okay. I do think the chiefs win. I think the defense bounces back with Willie Gay coming in. I think Frank Clark being out will kind of, you know, it won't help him against the run, but we'll see. We'll see how that defense goes. I, I made a bet. I remember the last one we did was the Ravens game. And I said, oh, it's going to be a blowout. And it's, you know, it's not even going to be close because the defense is coming back. I think this will be a high scoring game. Hopefully I'll be wrong again. Uh, and it'll be, you know, just a complete blowout. But I have the Chiefs winning 41 to 23 so oh that's that's a blowout i'd say what yeah i know but i mean i, I think that the they'll score a lot it'll be close in the first half if that makes okay. any sense no it does it does i don't hate the score prediction i'm gonna think i'm gonna say that this philly crowd is gonna make this a defensive football game we're gonna go 
Ooh, 20. Let's go 21 10. 21 10. 21 10. 21 10 Chiefs. Okay. All right. We're going to see. I mean, I don't know. I'm not very good at the score predictions. I mean, and I'm not, I'm one for two. So yeah. we're one for three, one for three, one and two. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really bad about them too. For like, if I ever do any like sports betting or anything like that, I always just bet money line. I don't, I don't even worry about the oh, plus yeah. or minus. Like, so we'll see. We'll see. It'll be a good of, game though. Of course. And uh, do you have one player to look out for in this game? Yeah. Um, I, you know, the obvious, I don't, I don't want to be too obvious and, and pick, you know, the stereotypical like, oh, Willie Gay, because we haven't seen a play or Chris Jones, because, you know, the defensive. But I'm going to go with Mike Hughes. And, and I think that he can play really, really well in this game, have a ba- bounce back game from what he had last time. He got picked on by Mike Williams and, and Keenan Allen. And I think that the defense will be better positioned for him to play. I mean, I don't think he'll be one on one as much. And, and I think that'll help him out a lot, especially as his development. You know, he, he hasn't really played a whole lot in the NFL. So, you know, getting some more reps, learning Spags' defense, I think he'll come in, have a much better game, and, and shut down Jalen Rager, who I think will be his main assignment. You know, I am also going to look at a corner, but I'm going to look at Legereus Sneed, who has not gotten an interception this year. I think he's due for one. And I think he picks off Jalen Hurts in this football game. I really do. Okay. All right. Hopefully. Do you have any idea? Do you have any idea who his matchup would be? Uh, you know, really, I think they'll put him on their first round pick. Uh, what was his name? Smith. Devontae. Yes. Yeah. Oh, then he definitely. Then I definitely like that pick then, because I think because he likes to throw to Devontae Smith. So he does. And I mean, Zach Hurts got a majority of the targets this past game, but or this, yeah, this past previous game that they played. Um, but yeah, I, I think Sneed will probably travel as well. So I, I like that pick, dude. He he's due for one. I agree with you. I like it too. Well, all right. Christian and I have both predicted Chiefs bounce back victory, now one and two in the division, and the sole losers in the division. And Christian, do you have anything to add, sir? No, I, I think I'll be enjoying the game. Hopefully, this game will go much better than the last two have. Um, but you know, I'm I'm anxious to see. So And there you have it. Well, I hope you all have a great and happy Sunday watching the Chiefs. And uh, we will catch you guys here on Arrowhead Live uh, next week. Yeah. See you guys. Go Chiefs.